Hi, I'm Jason Seaver. I'm a psychiatrist, and I believe in the infinite potential of the human spirit. And I'm Maggie Seaver. I'm a mother, and the infinite potential of the human spirit scares the hell out of me. <laughs> Don't let her fool you. She's not so tough. Oh, yeah? Yeah, well, anyway, last week, after 15 years of motherhood, Maggie went back to work as a reporter for the local newspaper. And Jason moved his practice into the house so he can be there for the kids. They're great kids. Yeah. And we have a great relationship with them. Yeah, there's just one problem. Their father trusts them, and they know it. Unbelievable. <laughs> Show me that smile again. Don't waste Everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of Show Me That Smile Again, a Growing Pains podcast. Well, today I am going to be covering the second Luke Brower episode that I picked for the month of June. It comes from season seven. It's episode eleven, entitled "Bad Dad Cafe." This episode aired on November twenty third, nineteen ninety one. In this episode, Mike's skeptical when Luke's dad reappears, wanting his son back. Ben pretends to be Luke so Mike can check the man out. Also, if you have Amazon Prime, all seasons, all episodes of Growing Pains are up there and available to watch with Prime membership. This episode's got a high rating. It's got an 8.3 out of 10 based on 190 ratings. It was directed by Rennie Temple, writers Neil Marlins, the creator, Wendy Braff, show staff writer, and Bud Weiser. The episode was written by. So we opened the episode with a cold open, and Mike is still teaching at that community center for disadvantaged students. His boss comes in, says that he wants to speak to Mike's dad. Mike, of course, tells him that his parents are currently in Washington at the moment because his mom is giving a speech on consumer rights. So, apparently, he wants to talk to, to talk to Jason about Luke Brower. And, of course, Mike's like, look, I kind of am in charge of Luke and am responsible for him. So, you could just relay that to me. And the Child, of Bure Child Bureau Welfare has tracked down Luke's father. How? I don't know. So, George Brower has come to New York... Because he wants his son back. His son is 16 years old. As the Mike's boss hands him a piece of paper. And then we cut to the intro. So by episode 11 of season 7. Luke or Leonardo DiCaprio has joined the cast. They do have pictures up for him. He's basically wearing practically the same outfit. He had when he got there, which is a flannel long sleeve button up and a salmon colored t shirt. And of course, a backwards hat. So we come out of the intro. Now we're in the living room. Carol's got the movie times because back then when you had a paper, they had movie times. I don't even know if they even do that anymore. I remember back in the day when you could call the the hotline or whatever the theater number was 
And they didn't have options like, if you want to see this movie, press this. You, if you want to see that movie, press that. They would, well, I think it was the small theater in my town that only had five screens. It's like they would go through every freaking movie and you had to sit there on the phone and wait till they get to the movie that you want to see. So, Carol wants to take Chrissy to go see a revival of Macbeth, because Carol's a Shakespeare nut. Chrissy's like, no, I'd rather see this movie, and Carol's like, it's raining guts? I'm not taking you to see a slasher film. And mind you, Chrissy is five years old, so no, you're not taking a kid to see that. And Chrissy's like, it's either that movie or Bambi does Dallas. Now think about it. What are they referring to? Are they referring Bambi the deer does Dallas? Or a girl named Bambi bangs all the men in Dallas? I, I don't know what it is. But either it's a cute heartwarming film about a deer or it's a porno flick. I don't know. But I'm going to go play this clip. Oh, look. Here's a revival of Macbeth. It's Shakespeare. You'll love it. I'd rather see this one. It's raining guts? <laughs> I'm not going to take you to see some gory, disgusting slasher movie. It's either that one or Bambi does Dallas. <laughs> okay, guts it is. So, Carol and Chris, Chris, Carol's like, all right, fine, we'll go see the guts movie. Of course, there's going to be a little, uh, Thing where Carol is going to dress up all fancy makes Chrissy dress up all fancy like if we're going to see this movie you're going to dress how I want you to do like we're in you know Gone with the Wind they're dressing like they're from Gone with the Wind so Carol and Chrissy head upstairs Ben comes into the living room from the kitchen he's wearing a Grateful Dead tie-dye t-shirt and he's got a guitar strapped around his back it's really pretty guitar. I really like it. Of course, you know, I'm biased for anything red. You know, it's red and white. He plugged it into an amp. He's like, Ben Seaver has entered the building. <sighs> and he's like, hide the kids and lock up the goods. So they've definitely nerdified Ben because now he's wearing glasses, which why did they have to do that to him? So Mike comes in the door. It's really loud because Ben's got his uh, guitar plugged into his amp. He's got it cranked all the way up. And Mike's like, hey, our mom and dad home? I gotta talk about Luke. And Ben, of course, is too plugged into what he's doing. He's not even like, what? 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 And Mike's finally like, about Luke! Of course, Luke hears his name and it's like, uh, did somebody call me? So, of course, Mike starts singing some crappy song about uh, feeling as helpless as a kitten in a tree. And Ben just looks at him like, you are an idiot. Looks like, all right, well, you're not talking about me, so I'll go back upstairs. And as soon as Luke is out of the picture, out of the frame, out of the shot, Mike whirls around on Ben and says, look, Luke's father is back in town and he wants to see him. Of course, Ben is like... Well, Mike, why didn't you tell Luke? He was just down here. And Luke, I get that Mike wants to protect Luke. I get that because Luke has not seen his father since he was like two years old. And the reason you'll find out later that Luke's father wants him back is so stupid. 
He wants a driving buddy because he drives a truck and he's lonesome. So he wants a 16-year-old kid not to go to school and just ride around from town to town with him. Ugh. That's worse than that Little House on the Prairie episode where the Ingalls want to adopt Albert, but they they have a little uh, blockade in their way because Albert's father wants him back. And the only reason he wants his kid back is so Albert can be a field hand. It's like, oh, you... So luckily, Albert hears about this and he pretends to be blind... And then his father's like, oh, well, you stay with that family that you're with. They seem like they've done right by you. So it's like, just, So Mike says he does not want to hand Luke over to a man that just vanished out of Luke's life uh, 13 years ago. And Ben's like, well, then call dad at the hotel and tell them. And Ben goes back to playing his guitar. Mike's like, well, don't you think I already tried that? You know, there's no one checked into the hotel under Seaver. And later, uh, Carol's like, um, you know that mom goes by her maiden name Malone, Maggie Malone. Did you try that? Duh. So Mike's like, I don't even know how to find out about this guy. And Ben's like, I do. And he calls up for Luke. So apparently, yeah, just uh, tell him uh, Mike wants to know about your dad. Show up and take Luke away any second. And I have no idea how to find out anything about this guy. I do. Luke! <laughs> you can't just ask him. You have to be very subtle about these kinds of things. Mike wants to know all about your dad. Dad? It's all yours. What about my dad? Well, uh, do you remember anything about him? How could he? You just said the guy skipped out when he was two. Well, I don't know much. All I know is he was involved in some kind of government work. Really? Like, what are we talking here? CIA? FBI? USDA? Yeah. Yeah. The man was an undercover meat inspector. <laughs> so, so your dad, uh, he never made contact with you in all these years? Well, he was some kind of secret agent. He was hiding with some witness relocation thing. He was trying to protect mom and me. But I know someday he'll come back for me. Maybe sooner than you think. <laughs> We'll talk about this later. I'm in the middle of a Godzilla movie. He's got Tokyo between his toes. So Luke's kind of... I'm kind of wondering... He either built this up in his mind or his mother fed him these lies about his father. Something about him working for the government or something to that effect. Or hiding out somewhere because he's... doing some secret spy mission or something to that. It's like, oh my goodness gracious... That's why this kid is going to be so let down when he finds out the truth. So, Mike decides to just call George Brower and meet up with him and see him for himself. So, we do get a shot of Maggie and Jason at a hotel. She's getting ready probably to give her speech and Jason's looking at different seminars that he can go to. Of course, we cut to the diner where we get this tough guy. He's wearing a studded wrist cuff. He's got a tattoo. He looks like he's done time. I don't know. But Mike looks at this guy like, oh, please, please, please don't let that be George. Be right with you, George.
So Mike goes because uh, the waitress calls the guy George. So Mike is like, well, I got to talk to this guy anyway. He puts a hand on the guy's shoulder and the guy is so stunned that he's got a ketchup bottle and just squirts it all over himself. And the guy slowly starts to stand. And this guy looks like he's like seven feet tall. He's monster huge. And of course, this guy dressed in flannel comes up and gets some napkins. Kind of coming to Mike's rescue. And everything like that. (laughs) And he tells Mike, you know, I'm the Georgia one. I'm George Brower. Why don't we sit over here and have a conversation? And the waitress says, do you want some coffee? I just made a fresh pot yesterday. That is gross. That whole place looks so dingy and nasty. So right away, you can tell that this George guy, he's a womanizer because he's hitting on the waitress, talking about how her hands are the most gorgeous that he's ever seen. But when I'm looking at him, it almost looks like he's trying to check out, he's checking out her ass as well. Because he's looking down as he's holding her hand. And the lady just kind of laughs it off and pats his shoulder and walks away like, Oh, you. Like, I don't hear this from a bunch of guys every single day. You didn't bring my boy, did you? <laughs> you wanted to check me out first. Breathtaking pair of hands. Does that kind of line really work? Oh, from Tucson to Tupelo. Here, check out my brood. <laughs> <laughs> wow. These are all Luke's brothers and sisters? Uh, half brothers and sisters. Don't get me wrong, I tried like heck to marry each and every one of their mamas, so help me God. <laughs> what stopped you? There's something out there on that stretch of black between city and town that's bigger than life itself. The feel of the wind on your cheeks as your hearts pump into the sun-drenched ecstasy of freedom. Sometimes you just have to scream out the window because it hurts so good. You know what I'm saying? Sure, I... Kind of like when you eat ice cream too fast. <laughs> It doesn't really sound like you need a kid to tie you down. Oh, maybe these other little puppies might be a problem, but Luke's my firstborn. It's time for him to get out and scratch his name across the sky. Look, I don't think you understand. See, Luke's in school now, and Luke's got friends. I'm going to teach Luke things he can't learn inside four walls. He's going to make friends all over this country. (laughs) I don't know. Look, Luke's my son. Either you bring him to me, or I get an attorney. Either way, I get him. So have him back here by 7.30 tonight, and we get to stay buddies. So this this George has definitely been around. He's a trucker. He's got a a lot of half, Luke's got a lot of half brothers and sisters. Probably at least eight different kids. Because George pulls out his wallet, and you just see one of those 
picture holders, you know, the kind that unfolds and, like, goes down when you open your wallet and everything. And the kind that just, you know, hangs down. And anyway, it's just like, ugh. And he's just looking for a companion. Because even Mike tells him, like, uh, well, you got plenty of kids. Can't you bring one of them? And George said, well, no. All these kids are too young. And also he says he tried, like, heck to marry each and every one of their mothers. Like, I'm sure you didn't. But it's just like the open road just kept calling to him because he's a trucker. And Luke is his firstborn son. Luke's old enough to be out on the road with him. And Mike's like, see, you don't understand. Luke is in school right now. He's got friends. I'm thinking he's like 15, 16. Uh, you're not pulling him out of school. And George even, he threatens Mike saying, either you bring my kid back here at 7.30 tonight or I will get a lawyer that will come in and sort this out. I'd be like, first of all, how is that going to stand up in court? That guy up and disappeared on his kid. I mean, I don't even think that Luke would be able to pick him out in a lineup of fathers. Because he left when Luke was like two or three years old. Not to mention, he probably doesn't even know what Luke looks like anymore. Because the kid is going to change a lot from age of two to age 16. So now Mike is in a bind. Luke, or George wants him to bring Luke to him. And, yeah, so what, what's he going to do? He, Mike's just going to come home and, like, ugh. He sees Luke and just hugs him, thinking this would be the last time he really gets to see him. But then, of course, he devises a plan to take Mike instead. Because, of course, like I said, George hasn't seen Luke in, like, 13 years. So, how's he going to know the difference? So, yeah, Mike hugs Luke, and Luke's kind of like, what are you doing? Why are you hugging me? And Mike's like, hey, can I just give you a hug without everyone, uh, one guy give another guy a hug without everyone getting the heebie-jeebies? And Luke's like, uh, no, because Luke's holding a glass and he's got a plate like he just had lunch. Now, Chrissy runs down screaming, no, no, and she's wearing one of those dresses that looks like something Shirley Temple would wear. And she's like, Mike, be honest, would you go to the movies dressed like this? And Mike's like, no, petticoats make me look heavy or something like that. Of course, Carol comes down dressed like uh, Jackie O. So is it just Carol's into playing dress up with their little sister or what? So Carol and Chrissy go off to the movies and Mike calls the hotel under the name Malone, he gets the voicemail, so he leaves a mess. Starts to leave a message, but then watches Ben eat a sandwich where all the lettuce spills out of it, and he concocts an idea to bring Ben and pretend that he's Luke. So I'm going to play this fun little clip. He's got Ben dressed in a heavy winter coat, tape on his glasses, earmuffs, and a hat. And basically, just about every place that George says they're going to visit, Ben has a disagreement about. Like, oh, well, this gives me uh, a chap nose or chap lips or something. And of course, George is like, oh, you look just, or 
And right off the bat, George is really, he's not buying it. He really, he's like, you don't seem to resemble Alicia. And Ben's like, who? And George is like, your mother. So I'm going to play, this just gets really weird and goofy. I mean, George is really, he's not 100% buying this, but maybe like 25%. Like, all right, I'll go with this. But I'm not fully believing it. <laughs> Son? Uh, Daddy! <laughs> uh, look, I, I can see the look of disappointment on your face. He, he's just not all that you hoped for. We're stuck with him, I understand. Goodbye. Uh, no, no, he's become a fine, strapping young man. He's <laughs> <laughs> teach you. Yeah. You know, it's funny, but you don't seem to resemble Alicia. Who? Your mother. Oh, her. Uh, I always just thought her name was Mom. <laughs> uh, son, why don't you sit down and take off your coat and, and hat? And earmuffs, and muffler, and gloves. No, it's nippy in here. I can catch cold. Luke, all you need is a change. You and me are going to drive 24 hours straight under cotton candy skies in South Dakota. Cotton candy gives me gas. Well, then we'll race up the windy road to the glaciers of Montana where the air is so fresh and crisp you can take a bite out of it. Cold air gives me nosebleeds. Well, then, in Arizona, we'll kick up some dust on the Hopi Reservation where you can dance with the prettiest maidens of the tribe. Dancing makes me dizzy. Maidens, you say? Luke, like, uh, how old are these maidens? Luke, Luke! Oh, me, Luke. You, Mike. You, Daddy. Mm -hmm. uh, George, would you give us a minute? Uh, sure. Yeah, George for sure now knows something's up. I mean, because he's talking about, we'll be driving 24 hours straight under cotton candy skies, and Ben's like, well, cotton candy gives me gas. Air gives me cold air, and it gives me nosebleeds. And he's putting on this, he's got a stuffed up nose sounding like, he, he went full on geek mode. It's like... <sighs> Of course, when George gets to going to Arizona to dance with some pretty maidens, Ben is like, dancing gives me maidens, really? <laughs> but how old are these maidens? And of course, Mike the whole time is sitting there, like, saying it's been going great up to this point, basically, but then Ben's getting distracted by, he's a teenage boy, of course he's getting distracted by the thought of girls. So he pulls, because... Mike the whole time saying, Luke, Luke, Luke. And Ben looks at him like, oh, I'm Luke. And you're Mike. And you're Daddy. And, and the look on George's face is just like, what the frickin' heck are you trying to pull here? Really? I'm not buying this crap. Because Mike pulls Ben out of his chair. Like, excuse us for a minute. So let's continue. This is just getting crazy. Finally, George just writes it off like, well, Luke, you know what? I don't think we'd be a good fit together. So long. So, Luke, you ready to come with me and spin an 18-wheeler around a cloverleaf? I have motion sickness. 
In fact, I can't start the day without a major hurl. You toss your taters every morning? Dustin, everybody? All right, let's cut through this sickness of the week song and dance. I know what you're up to. You do? Luke, if you don't want to come with me, just say the word. Oh, Dad. Yeah, right, that's what I'm up to. Right, and I'm right up there with him. Well, uh, maybe this was a bad idea. Maybe it's easier if I just stay out of your life. It is much easier. Well, I guess this is goodbye then. You're a decent egg, Mike Seaver. I would ask you to take care of Luke for me, but seems like you got that one down. Yeah. Goodbye, Luke. <laughs> oh, hey, where, you, where you going, man? I want to get the address for that Indian maiden thing. So Ben says that he puked every morning because because George says we'll drive a 18-wheeler around a cloverleaf, which I'm not sure. Is that like one of those fancy type of construction where, car, you know, all, you know, trucks go all around in a like weird little ribbon circle thing? Uh, not a circle, but a uh, ribbon scenario. And George looks at him like, you toss your potatoes every morning? And Ben's like, yeah, doesn't everybody? (laughs) Finally, George is like, you know what? It just sounds like you don't want to have anything to do with me, that you don't want to come along. And Ben's like, yes, that is exactly what I'm saying. So George says, well, then I guess we should just say goodbye. Mike, looks like you're doing a good job with Luke. I don't have to tell you that you're doing a good job because you clearly are. We're just going to, you know, I'll stay out of your life. And then Ben and Mike just leave. Now they get home. Luke is on the couch. I'm sorry. No, no. Luke's on the couch and Chrissy and Carol come in from the movie. What did Chrissy do? Of course, Carol pulled Chrissy out of the movie early. Which is understandable. No, why did you even agree to take a five-year-old to see a slasher flick? What's your first problem, Carol? Take her to an animated film. It's 1991. Beauty and the Beast is still in theaters. I'm sure it's a Disney movie. Those movies stayed in theaters a long time. So, Mike and Ben come back just practically high-fiving each other as they go inside the door saying, Hey, we pulled it off. It was great. And they go and bum-rush Luke. They get him in a big old hug, a three-way hug. And he's like, you guys need a dog. A big, goofy dog. So he has no idea what they were up to. Maggie and Jason come in through the uh, from the kitchen into the living room because they got a partial voicemail from Mike. And, of course, Mike's going to say, hey, me and Ben pulled it off. Don't worry, George Brower should not be a problem anymore. And, of course, Jason's going to lay some good old-fashioned psychiatry lesson on here that Mike should have thought about. He was not really even, he should have talked to Luke in the beginning and been honest with him. Yeah, what are you guys doing back? We grabbed the first flight we could so we could stop you before you went ahead with this idiotic plan. For your information, it was not idiotic. It worked like a charm. <laughs> and Mike will take it from here. Mike, do 
Do you mean to tell me you actually pulled that hair braid scheme? Mom, I had to. I mean, George Brower is a truck driving flake, and he was he was threatening to go to court to take Luke. Mike, Luke is 15 years old. If he tells a judge he doesn't want to go, he's going to be listened to. Oh. <laughs> dad, that's not the only reason that I did this. I mean, Luke thinks that his dad left him because he was some kind of secret agent. Abandoned kids make up all kinds of stories to keep from feeling they weren't wanted. You mean you think Luke made this up? A long time ago. And somewhere along the line, he started to believe it. But, Dad, if he, if he meets his father, he's going to find out the truth. And that may hurt, Mike. But facing the truth about his father is an important part of his growing up. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. I screwed up. But, Dad, I don't want to lose Luke. Well, none of us does, Mike. But staying has to be his decision. You owe it to Luke to tell him that he can meet his dad right now. Today. Okay, fine, I'll tell him. But I brought Luke into this house, and if he's leaving, then I want to be the one to see him off. So, Jason and Maggie hopped the first flight they could to get back to New York before to try to stop Mike and Ben from doing this idiotic scheme that they had cooked up. And Mike reveals that Luke's dad is a truck driving flake and that Luke has built his father up in his mind like he's a secret agent or something and Jason's like yeah most kids that have come from like neglected homes where their parents are not there and they're just their parents leave them they make up stories about their parents because that's what helps them that's how they cope that's a coping mechanism and Jason also, well, he, Mike says, well, George even threatened to go to court to take Luke. Jason says, well, <laughs> Luke is 15. If he doesn't want to go live with George, the judge will listen. Well, I would under, understand definitely the fact that George does not have, he's on the road all the time. Luke would not be in school, which by rights and by law, he would have to be in a school. And... He's in a more stable environment living with the Seavers. So I think a judge would definitely side with the Seavers. And Jason tells Mike, he's like, you owe it to him. He needs to meet his dad. Even though the, he, the truth is going to hurt, it's a part of Luke's growing up. So Jason tells Mike, it's like, Luke deserves to see his dad. So you should get on the horn, get in contact with George, and arrange that like today. Do not wait. So, Mike made up some big lie to Luke about, hey, we're going to go see a base, a basketball game or something like that. And, of course, Luke figures it out. I like, oh, I figured we weren't going to one since they're not in season right now. So, what's going on? I know we're not going to the Knicks game. Oh, yeah? How'd you figure that one out? Well, for one thing, the game's sold out. For another, it's in Utah. <laughs> Okay, Luke, uh, listen, I'm taking you to Manhattan. Now, you don't have to go if you don't want to, but, but your father's there. My dad? My dad's here? Yeah. You see, the, uh, the Bureau of Child Welfare tracked him down, and they got a hold of me. I saw him this morning. You saw him? Why didn't you tell me? I know, I I'm sorry, I should have. I mean, I mean... He's your family, and I'm not. But I, I feel like your family, Luke. So, I, so what kind of guy is he? Well, uh, he's friendly. 
colorful. He's uh, well traveled. Does he know we're coming? Is he going to be surprised to see me? <laughs> oh yeah. Apparently the Knicks, they are the chick the game sold out and they're actually in Utah. It's like, uh, nice try, Mike. So Mike admits, like, look, your dad's in town, he's in Manhattan. I actually met him. And looks like really why I mean, he's not angry with Mike. He's like, Oh wow, what what's he like? And Mike's like, Well, he's colorful, he's well traveled. And Luke's like, well, does he know that we're coming? Is he going to be surprised? And Mike's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so you don't hear any dialogue between Mike and George as he's explaining the situation about who I brought with me was actually my brother, not your son. And George is like, I can't believe it. But then he looks over and just sees Luke kind of leaning against the counter near the door. Hi. Let's sit down. All right. You look just like Alicia. Yeah, I know. Look like you too. You tap your thumb when you're nervous. <laughs> All right, runs in the family. Hey, you got the Brower eyebrows. Can you do this? <laughs> Even better. That's great. So George and Luke go sit down while Mike takes a seat at the counter and he's nervous. There's a napkin dispenser and he's just pulling napkins out and just ripping them until he creates a giant pile of of ripped napkin. And I like that right away George and Luke get along very famously. Because he Luke notices right away like, "Oh, you you uh tap your thumb when you're nervous." And George is like, "Yeah, it's a family trait." And then he's like, "You have the brower eyebrow. Now, can you do this?" And he raises his eyebrow and, and Luke does it so like, "Oh, yeah." So I like that, you know, they're getting the similarities and George says, you look just like Alicia. And Luke's like, yeah, I know, I, I look like you too. Yeah, they both have that tan complexion. Now Luke is going to ask the big question, why did you leave? Like, don't worry, I know it's because you are a secret agent and you had to protect mom and me. So... His dad drops the truth bomb here where really he, like, where did you make up that story? And Luke's like, oh, I just, I don't know, I just kind of guessed. And George's like, well, you guessed wrong. I was just a stupid snot-nosed kid who didn't have a thought in my head. And some, you know, just ha basically he knocked her up as his, Luke's mom. He knocked her up, got her pregnant realize that, oh, I made a mistake, I'm not cut out to be a father, I can barely take care of myself, and he just leaves. So, of course, this is a truth bomb for Luke that really hits hard. It's supposed to be top secret and everything, but could you tell me why you had to leave mom and me? No secret, I was just a big kid, scared to death. How could I take care of either one of you? I could hardly take care of myself. It's okay. 
I know you were a secret agent or something. <laughs> Where'd you get an idea like that? Well, I don't know. I just sort of, you know, figured it out. <laughs> well, you figured wrong. I was just a snot-nosed kid with a played-out eight-track of the Allman Brothers catching sunlight on my dashboard. There was no reason? Just left because you felt like it? Oh, come on, son. What's past is past. <laughs> All this time, I thought you were saving the country. You were just running away. Hey, I came back to make it up to you. Come with me. You're old enough to ride right here in my hip pocket without slowing me down. You and me, town to town, bar to bar, in and out of scrapes like a couple of compadres. Compadres? Hey, kiddo, it gets downright lonesome on the road. We can kick some butt, take some names. Ain't the country red? <laughs> there was a time when I really would have jumped at that. But let me just fill you in on something. I was on the street for three years, eating out of a dumpster and scared to death I'd get beat up, or worse. Every night, I hoped and I prayed that you were looking for me, that you were going to find me. Here I am. You're too late. Mike was the one who found me. Mike put a roof over my head. Mike put his arm around me and told me that I was smart and told me that I was okay to care. Give me a family. I'm your family. That's why I tracked you down. No, you didn't. The Bureau of Child Welfare had to track you down. If they hadn't, you'd still be God knows where not giving a damn about me. I care about you the only way I know how. I got a spare seat and an extra sandwich in the glove compartment. I want you right there beside me. What do you say? Can a guy give another guy a hug without everyone getting the heebie-jeebies? <laughs> Come on, Mike. Let's go home. So, yeah, Luke just thinks this is some whole top-secret mission that he was on. And George says, well, it's no secret, really. I was just a big kid and scared to death. So he probably got... Luke's mom knocked up, like, at 18 and then realized this is a major situation. I can't deal with it. And he probably got a job as a truck driver and just took off. So, and Liz is hitting Luke hard. He's like, so there was no reason you just left because you felt like it? And George really does not want to rehash. Like, hey, look, what's past is past. I'm here now. It's like, are you kidding me? Not at one point. Did he know that his ex-girlfriend, wife, whatever she was to him, or baby mama, is dead? He must because Luke's there and George is clearly the only living relative that Luke has other than those half-siblings that he will never learn about. Honestly, I think it's maybe better off that he doesn't know that he's got like eight other half-siblings. And Luke kind of laughs it off like, gee, all this time I thought you were saving the country, but you were really just running away. Like, running, running away from responsibility, running away from mom and me. 
And the fact that Luke doesn't even bring up the fact that he had a new stepdad that would beat on her and him. So George does throw out the offer like, hey, I gotta, um, I'm gonna offer you a chance to, you know, go on the road with me. And Luke says, yeah, you know what? Maybe a year or so I would have really jumped at that offer, but let me know how, let me tell you how my last year has been. Luke says he was on the street for three years. So if he's 15, then he was living on the street when he was 12. And he says, I've been, I was eating out of a dumpster. I was scared to get beat up or worse, probably raped by somebody or murdered. The whole time, this guy does not give two, he does not give two fucks about this. He doesn't care. It doesn't phase him. Like, your kid just told you he was eating out of a dumpster for three damn years. And he says that, you know, I hoped and I prayed every single night that you would come looking for me. That you would find me. And George is like, well, I'm here now. And Luke's like, yeah, but you're too late. Mike is the one that found me and helped me out. He gave me a place to live. He got me into school. He put his arm around me and told me that it was okay to care. And he says, Mike gave me a family. And George, of course, is like, but I'm your family. And he says, that's why I tracked you down. And Luke's like, well, you got that wrong. The child... Bureau of Welfare had to track you down. If they hadn't even bothered to think to look for you, you'd still be on the road who knows where. And George just stands up like, hey, look, I have a spare seat in my truck and an extra sandwich in the glove compartment. And he pretty much almost orders Luke, like, I want you right there next to me. And we come back to Mike, who's got this mountain of paper napkins, just a big pile of them. Luke comes up, and Mike is probably thinking, like, oh, he's gonna, you know, hug me and tell me he's gonna leave with his dad. No, Luke hugs Mike and says, hey, can't anybody give another, can't a guy give another guy a hug without everyone getting the heebie-jeebies? So it's cute how that came back. And he's like, come on, Mike, let's go home. And that's how it ends there. The camera pulls back, and you see that George is probably already left. He's like, Bye. No, goodbye. No, I'm sorry you feel that way. No, I'll look you up when I can. Nothing. It's like, this is it. We're cutting ties. I don't want to have anything to do with you. I'm sure that that Luke is like, just, no, just, it ends here. Let's just move, you know, stay away from each other. You've done enough damage. And that's pretty much the episode. Um... The only little tidbit, I wouldn't even call it a, a, a B story, it would be Carol and Chrissy going to the movies, Ben with his little guitar, Maggie and Jason in DC, and everything. The main plot, of course, was just Mike taking Luke to meet his dad. And that eventually, yeah, he would, you know, have to fess up and say that he met. Luke's dad and your dad wants to meet you and all of this. Um, I thought it was a good episode. Uh, George does come back, spoiler alert, and you'll see that. Well, the truck stops here, I believe, is it's towards the end of the season and then Leo makes his exit. But even watching him, just even at 16, this kid had acting chops. He was so, I think he was honestly, 
he was too good for growing pains. I mean, it's great that he got his start there, but really, I mean, wow. And also, I think he was on the show Parenthood, the one that was out in like 1990 or 91. So definitely from an early age, he was really giving it his all. And it's just, we didn't know then just how far that he would go. I didn't even know Leonardo DiCaprio in 1992 when this was on. I would have been like 10. And the kids all would have been a lot older than me on the show. So it's like, I can't relate to that. But yeah, like I said, it's a, it's a good episode. And that is the final episode for Luke Brower for the month of June. So next month I will be doing one Mike Seaver episode. I think I'm going to do the Fortunate Son, which is from Season 4. If there is time, I'll do the cocaine episode from Season 2. So we'll see. We'll just kind of play it by ear. Like, I'll do one in the beginning of the month, and then one towards the end of the month. So, everyone have a wonderful Saturday evening. Have a great weekend. I hope the weather is good for you. Really hasn't been too great here. (laughs) All right, everybody. Bye-bye.